The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. Walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Brian! 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 Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, "How are you, Don? Nice to see." you. He said, "Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing?" <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank. Remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father, but my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? Hey, you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Brian! Brian! My name is Frank. Brian! I'm right here where I belong. I think I belong here. It's me, Frank Itolo. It's time for me. of broadcasting, and I am the blank of a lot of other things, but when I'm here, Catolo Chronicles, I am the Bard of Broadcasting, and you are with us, special night, 12 years, a dozen years, but we got the velvet back, and uh, we're going to get the feeling from the velvet, velvet steel, with us, connected already, already, and, and what, there's no end. Because there's no other way. There's me, there's Velvet, there's the show, Catolo Chronicles, and I'm the man whose name adorns the title of the show. So, sweet generis, am I, and the show and the whole thing. Stay with us. to Ice Camp from Hamlet to City from Othello and into every Bordello. Our favorite audience. That's who our favorite. You know, in order to have a favorite audience, I have to have a number of different types and then, right, number of different groups. You can't have a favorite 
unless there are others. Uh, favorite is not a thing, uh, right? You can't because that would be one on the top, just like when we do these lists. And we're going to do some more lists, too, that bother us because we want to hold people accountable for their lists. And the Internet, it's just wild because I have all these devices sitting around me. You know, I have a phone and I have a, uh, I don't know what's the difference between an iPad and an iPad. Pad and I paddle, and I get an I paddle, so you can paddle it. And I pad, and I uh, perforated. Uh, uh, I don't know phone. I don't know what. What is that? Wait, there's a pad, and there's a. Um, I forgot the other thing. There's an I pedal, an I pedal. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. And, and I was, you know, I was thinking about wow, here I am. Uh, uh, you know, going to do a phone uh, conversation. It's been a while since I had guests on, and this is certainly the guests that come back uh, after uh, 12 years. Uh, Velvet Steel. We're going to talk seriously about the uh, the sex industry, uh, the uh, the business of sex, the mechanics, not the mechanics of sex. We don't do that. It's not that kind of a show. And I'm going to get on the phone shortly, our guests. But I know I got to. It's all this stuff. I mean, you know, once in a while it catches up with me because I've been here and I've been thinking about it because, like I said, I have no idea. How 12 years have passed since um, I got to, uh, in touch with uh, Velvet to get back on the show. I just, I have no idea it was 12 years until I decided, you know, we've talked about this uh, and it's come up again because I have some friends who have uh, been uh, going to sex workers and, you know, people, ordinary people, independent people. Uh, not connected to huge companies or to uh, underground crime syndicates <laughs> doing their thing. And, of course, uh, uh, well before that, you know, there was Velvet Steel. And I can't believe it's been 12 years. There. But you, as you know, by listening, it's been a long time. And now we're into beyond that. I mean, we're going to go past 20, into 24 if we continue this. And we're going to try and do it. But I was thinking about all that. Oh, I just heard something. Like, oh, you know what that was? I think that was, uh, what was that? Oh, yes, it was. It was something. See? See? That was a phone. Uh, because on the phone, everything happens. And what's happening here on the phone? What was that? That was a. Uh, that was either a Snapchat or a, uh, uh, a, um, a Gmail or an email or any other... Uh, or another chat, or a ding, ding dong, or I don't know, TikTok, and ta I don't have TikTok. I don't know why I have some of the things I have. And you know, the the thing about the that bothers me about the phone is that out of nowhere, it decides to just download something, a game. Like, oh, of course, everyone's going to want a game. You know, you should have to ask for what you want. Isn't that what they have the store for, the G store, or the Google store, where you go and get this stuff? But no, I mean, I'm. And I don't want to do that because there's only so much room on any device. And so I wake up and I I don't hear anything. I, well, maybe I hear something like coming from my, uh, like I just did. Uh, a, you didn't hear it because I had it covered and I could still hear it. Uh, uh, you know, dun, dun, ding, is when your Gmail comes in or a mail comes in. I don't know why. I guess I could turn it off. My son's always saying, look, if you don't want that, turn it off. Or if you don't like when you put the... Uh, uh, put the phone or the iPad or the iPod uh, sideways, uh, then just set it. So apparently, you know, you could do anything you want, and yet they still do, you know, that. Because I said, I don't want any more. I went to the settings. I said, I don't want any more 
downloads of ice cubes or, uh, or candy stripes or whatever it is, these games. I don't play them. I don't want to play them. Everybody who wants to play them can play them. I'm glad they exist. I'm glad there's such a variety of things that people can do on their devices. But I don't want them. So don't think I want them. That's another thing. I didn't sign up for this, but I got a notification on one of my computers from, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Google? Or was it, uh, or maybe it was Xfinity, who, who, you know, the motor behind this whole thing in this particular, on this show, in this realm, <laughs> this realm, I love that, this realm. I got to tell you, they, they should do, they should use that for uh, real estate. This realm, well, forget it. What? Oh, uh, do you, oh, do you call me, do I call, I'll call you. I'll call you, Vel I uh, will uh, call Velvet, uh. Uh, in uh, in a few minutes, okay. God bless her. She's there waiting and 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 hooked up and everything. She's in great shape. I think that's it. And you know, there's other people who've had so much trouble when they got them on Sp Skype, and uh, that you know, because if you've listened to this, you know the things that have happened. Even when I and I got four people, one people, three people, it doesn't matter. There's always some glitch going on. That doesn't seem to happen in Zoom, or it's all my fault. It's, it is, because if you don't know how to operate this stuff, and again, I don't know how it works, but I don't even know how to operate it. That's like getting into a car and go, this is the, this is the what? Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to Velvet. It has been that long. And I should have talked to her, but, you know, life goes on for both of us. What are we going to do? What I said was, I don't want these things. And I got this thing that said, you get three, you want $300 of credit, $300 of credit. If, what, if I do, uh, would you like that? Just click this, and, and I go, well, wait, what is it? Well, they have to tell you what, what, what it is, okay? What it is, uh, it has to do with uh, um, um, information. You have to agree to, to let them use your information that they have gathered from what you do on Google or, uh, you know, and then they said, allow us to, to have this information, so that we can send it to all the places you click or whatever that you can buy stuff. It's one big machine, profit machine. This is exactly what we said was going to happen 12, 13, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. We said, well, once, those, once they get a hold of this, it's going to be the end of it all. Now, last week I was going to do this thing about a podcast, which I'm not going to do. I've decided not to do it. I'm glad we didn't have time to do it last week. Um, about uh, uh, the people, they, I had to do it Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning. They have their show, and it's Network CBS. Okay, there's still only three networks, and they're still, and you know, they're owned by one of the four companies that owns everything else in the world, and or in broadcasting at least, and uh, uh, and and on CBS. Sunday morning, which is a fine show. I like. I don't dislike the show. I rarely get up to see it because I'm asleep. But I uh, um, uh, and they they do a segment and they do good segments. I like the segments and once in a while and people I don't want to necessarily hear talk and interview or know about their lives. But then again, I listen to some and I go, "Hey, that's uh, fascinating." Okay, and then I get a waffle and I go to go back to sleep. But the deal is that they do this whole segment and then they go. If you want to hear this, or what, if you haven't heard it, or you want to tell a friend, 
this is what you can do. You can go to YouTube or wherever else they have on, on their CBS.com, whatever it is, and you can listen to it on there, right? Or, or go to the podcast. A guy named Mo, I was kidding. I, I, I didn't purposely forget his name, but I did. Mo Ettery. I don't know. There's a guy whose first name is Mo, and he does uh, stories about people who have died. And his catch is, he calls it Mobituaries. Huh? Is that, is that clever? Mobituaries. Mo Tenzin's. His name is Mo. I don't know. I, see, it, it, it escaped me. And, it, and I'm glad it did because I don't want to know anything about him anymore. So I'm going to wait. He has a podcast and, and he has a segment, uh, and Lord knows how many more segments on CBS, uh, right? And then, and I'm wondering to myself, do they pay these people extra to do this? And then Jane Pauley's there. Don't forget, I'm Jane Pauley. Join us again next... You know, I, I, I actually been working on that. Two things. Jane Pauley, join us again next week when our trumpet sounds. It's pretty good. And I don't do uh, do these very well. And the other one was... And I forgot it. I was, I was trying to do Marlon Brando. I was trying to do Marlon Brando. Because... Uh, uh, <laughs> What was it? It wasn't on the waterfront. Oh, now I forgot what I was going to say about it. I'm just too excited. I'm too excited because Velvet Steel is here, and we're going to learn all things Velvet. And I was going to talk about some other stuff too, but I think I'm going to call Velvet and just get this started because I'm just going to, you know, don't even ask me. Sui generis. Just look it up, okay? I didn't do that either because I'm I'm just, I'm I'm a flow. I'm a flow with what? I'm a gas with flowness. I'm a flow with gasness. Okay. Uh, let me just tell you one thing before I get to the two minutes when I said I was going to call. I'm going to be exact because the, you know, Velvet has just been wonderful if everybody does this kind of thing and does it straightforward. And there we go. Uh, and that is uh, books. Thank you for people who have been buying my books on Amazon. Thank you very much. And Blurb and Lulu. That's right. Start going there. Don't forget, three ninety five. You get all the Malulu books, and uh, this is all digital. And it's time. It's getting up time near uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know when you're going to want to give gifts uh, to all the people that you know. I don't think you give gifts to all the people you know, but you know if you did, I'd be in great shape because I don't stay in touch with all the people I know. Do, can you still qualify for knowing a person if you don't? Well, anyway, uh, I had a good week, and I'm going to have a better show as I am. I'm, oh, one more thing. Next week, uh, before we even talk to this week's guest, next week, Ian Abramson. Ian Abramson. Look him up. Uh, uh, zoom him. No, zoom him. What? Search him. No, search him. Google him. And he'll be a funny guy. And, you know, I don't have many comedians on because I don't think many of them are as funny as they don't need to be. They'll go on to Mobituaries. No, I don't mean the dead. I mean Mo, maybe that's his name, Mo Braggett. I don't know. I'm going to call. I'm calling. I'm uh, I'm calling uh, I'm calling Velvet. Right on the mic. Actually, actually, a minute early. How'd you pick that up? <laughs> you can hear me. Oh yeah. Fabulous. Loud and clear. How como está? How are you? I'm well. If I understood that correctly, I'm good. <laughs> I could never um, imagine you being any other way. And oh, thank you. I start right off. I just, uh, per, you know, mouth to ear. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I did not, uh, you know, uh, give you a call in those 12 years. <laughs> 12 years since you've been on the show. 
you know, it's it's all good. We're all really busy. Um, there's crazy stuff, obviously going on in BC, and um, always, <laughs> always nutty shit going on here. So yeah. oops, I can swear, right? Yeah, I hope yeah. So. Of course you can. Twenty, <laughs> but twelve years. I mean, that's nuts. And it, you know, reminds me of how long I've. Act- that's too long. Yeah, it is. It but, is. I mean, considering, I don't know. I mean, I always had the good conversations with you and chats with you, and really love creeping and following what you're doing, as I always am. And, yeah. You know, like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I was telling everyone we were on that uh, that uh, other platform. Remember what happened to Out Loud? Was that Out Loud? Out Loud shows. That's right. Yes. He, um, well, he, he decided that he was going to take a break and then got caught up in the news outlets out here in Vancouver and uh, started doing a lot of work with Aaron. So I don't know what he's doing now, but I think he might have something up his sleeve. So hmm. I'm hoping he does, and he's going to be getting a hold of us again. So that could be something interesting for sure. Yeah. The other great thing about uh, having you on is because you're like uh, you're one of the pioneers, like 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 myself, and uh, and mm-hmm. you survived, and you're surviving, uh, like myself. <laughs> Except since the last time we talked, uh, so much has happened in this world. Uh, that of you know, broad, of any, I don't know what in this digital theater, so much has happened, and that's what made me think about you again. Because I had done a show, where I was talking about I you know, knew some people who became sex workers, and I, I thought about the beginning uh, of the uh, the uh, internet when it started picking up independent people, and it was independent music, and everything was independent, and we were going look out because the corporations are coming when they take this place over. Things are going to change, and how do we survive? And you have thrived and flourished, and, and and you were, and there were only a few people like you. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> here's I, a funny story to share with you. So, when I, I'll admit that I went kicking and screaming into the whole digital age with the internet and all this other stuff, because for me, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm still kind of old school, where it's like face to face, person to person kind of deal, right? Right. But. Um, you know, so and then when I remember when I had my first website built, that it was blowing bandwidth more more bandwidth than what the Vancouver Auto Show was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, and that was at that time going back probably. Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a you know hazard a guess at possibly 15 to 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's and it's a very different. Um, how should we say? machine these days with how people are using it and what they're using it for and uh, between you and me i mean i'm thinking that there's well i'm seeing this there's a whole big movement in back in the original days back to the original stuff before the internet was present when it comes to the whole adult industry you know yeah well yeah but we're, we're even when we were here when we came on and started to uh, uh you know cultivate this uh, broadcasting and this new stuff, uh, there wasn't a phone. The phone was the big thing that really knocked everything out. There were phones, but right? I mean, <laughs> that the phones are nuts. But so you and I go back to that time when uh, God it was just the internet and uh, and nothing was well it was just starting to be it, fast. It was, right? it was it was it was pagers and it was you know all those other different things and. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, as we're sitting here connecting where we're connecting and the platform we're connecting, like we can dial each other through the computer. We couldn't do that back then, really. Right. I don't think realistically speaking. No. Um, no. You know, so it's just like so technology. 
and, and I'll be honest, I find it really hard to keep up sometimes, so much so that I find it super seriously frustrating. And I just feel so, well, for lack of a better term, a little bit uneducated. I was going to say the S word, stupid. But um, <laughs> You can say that. A lot of people say that on the show. You know, it's just hard to keep up. You know, it's like, really, where, where do you go and what do you do? And and I mean, you know, even my, my three-year-old, well, not three-year-old, please, but when she was three years old, she would just pick up the iPad and she was just swiping through and doing all these other different things so much so that I'd be like, God, I need a drink just watching her do this stuff. You know, how does she do it? <laughs> yeah, well, my kids, bro- both of them uh, grew up in this this was all here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's gotten so much better even since they were kids, right? I mean, because we saw that they, the, the progress was so quick compared to, uh, f- let's say, from the, from the time there were no airplanes mm-hmm. to the time there was one airplane, right? Oh, but we've gone through uh, uh, just amazing things. I have all these gadgets. Why do I need all these gadgets? But, but... That's why, uh, and, and thank goodness for it, too, because uh, um, I had so many questions, and I said, who can I talk to about the, uh, th- this upheaval? It's an upheaval, what's going on uh, uh, with the, in the sex industry, and, uh, what, and I wanted to talk to you about it because, you know, you <laughs> did things, sold things, and you do things, and you're an activist, too, so you're actually somewhat responsible <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take that with accolades and love and flowers and chocolate. And sure, <laughs> I, and I and then all that stuff and more. Because and people should know this. I don't think a lot of people know this. I'm really into roots, uh, you know, because uh, so many people. There's two generations or three generations since since there are three generations, and they don't know about that. You know, they think oh, it's always always here, and this happened and. You know they don't they don't have uh, and 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 history is before them because now they have YouTube and they could go to YouTube and find anything you know but I want to make sure they know so now this is all happening and uh, boy if there was only fans I mean do, what do you know about that uh, do you know people who have you must right have people uh, do you know sex workers Oh of course I do and I know tons who have only fans. And I know tons who had never done any bit of sex work a day yeah. in their life. I mean, as and as a result of this whole COVID thing, have jumped over to the OnlyFans platform. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, and, and it's not without its own controversy as well in terms of money and, um, you know, payment, credit card payment processing and all these other different things. Uh, but there's other ones that have come up as well, such as Just for Fans, um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How many others? I know that I don't know what's connected to what. Like, what is is OnlyFans and Fansly? What's Fansly? It's the same kind of idea, um, but it's not a spinoff of OnlyFans. It's no, 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 no. They're they're all doing different things. Um, but OnlyFans, when they first started out, their their main focus seemed to be a platform avenue for uh, sex workers to advertise their services. Right. So, um, and then there was that whole big little bit of a scandal, I would say, going back maybe a year, year and a half ago, when really? they decided that they were going to um, right. stop the service platform for sex workers, um, I offer forgot. the credit card payment system as well. I forgot and about that. I just couldn't understand what, what kind of business. Imagine having stock in OnlyFans, and then they take the biggest money-making thing away, because it had to be, Right. Well, and, and it, it basically it boiled down to a whole big banking situation that was taking place over in the UK. Um, and so they were sort of doing their, you know, having their hands tied and everything else. And then they, 
listen to basically most of their subscribers and their users. Um, and then they had to change their whole tune because they're realizing that if they were to deprive them of that avenue, they weren't going to have the um, the people on there basically giving them the money. Yeah. So <laughs> Hello. But, you know, like talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? Yeah. Um, I'd so that was, a, that was a real serious big joke as far as we were concerned. And, you know, and listening to the way it was done and the way it was going on and things like that. And with some of the activist organizations that I'm a part of here in Vancouver, um, you know, one, one of the women that I work with, she she gets on the phone. Like, she's just on the phone from the minute she gets up to the minute she goes to bed talking to all these different things. You know, and she's talked to MasterCard. She's talked to the payment, big payment processors to mm -hmm. find out what their viewpoint is. And there really isn't any sort of logistical viewpoint except from um, it's coming from a moral standpoint, you know. Um, and, and realistically speaking, they should not be putting their own or injecting their own morals and viewpoints into um, an age-old industry, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you think about it, uh, sex work has been around for God knows what, for eons, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. and, and and the amount of money that is made within that is just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, in the commerce it's done, uh, you know, the infrastructure it's done for developing cities, what it's done for um, migrants, immigrants, all these different things. You know, when we look at back at, for example, Seattle or Vancouver's history, it's sex workers that were there instrumental in the infrastructure, you know, and where the men went, the women went and followed to, mm -hmm. you know, well, man has his needs. So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, as it's become more of uh, more liberal uh, mm -hmm. in, onto with platforms like this. But I, the thing I, that shocks me all the time is the uh, who's not on who doesn't have a page anymore in other words here's what i'm saying i keep saying can there be enough of an audience when the people on stage are just i mean what a cast right i mean how many people are are have a only fans page uh, and forget about who used to be do sex work or not do sex work but not because a lot of people are leaning towards it because they other people have made some money right so trying to make a living doing this but what 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 about the audience how many can there be to keep these people doing it i mean it's low overhead i understand that right <laughs> right but well okay so i just finished counting what i have in my list here of available sites where people can go and look for advertisers and that was 49 49 sites there's okay. 49, so, oh, so, okay. That's, that's, that's from the first grouping. Um, now, if I look at the second grouping, um, you've got you, you've got your avenues to advertise your own sole, um, shall we say, proprietorship style you know, advertising. And then if you want to do online work through other agencies or through other platforms, you have from what I'm seeing here, and this is only just from what I have, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's twelve, um, and even within that twelve, there are, I would say, another five that I know of that aren't part of that. So I would say that's seventeen, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then when you think about that, so there is enough money to go around. Obviously, um, there's enough of a client base to go around because we're talking World Wide Web. Um, yeah, but, but think about, but here's what I still don't get that I, and I haven't seen any numbers. I'm sure there are numbers and I'm sure nobody's uh, lo losing money except a lot. Some people who go, get into it, uh, I mean, you're getting into something that has immense 
competition. Mm-hmm. And if um, if somebody pays, let's say nine ninety nine a month, what what do, you, what do you think the average is to uh, subscribe to anyone who has a let's just say an a, a regular let's just use OnlyFans. Well, the subscription to the individual is different than the actual, because how a lot of these people who are working on OnlyFans are doing this, they have their monthly subscription. Now you can sign up for free. Yeah, that's what it is. But to go to the provider of your choice, um, you can, not all of them are actually charging for a subscription to their actual thing. But so, but within that, what they do is they have their product which either could be in the form of video or photos or mm. private messaging, things like that. That's where you'd be paying your fee. And that can be anywhere from per photo set, for example, like if they've got four photos, some of these individuals are literally charging upwards of $70. For, how, for what? For, how, for four photos. How many? For four, fo- for four photos that could be either risque or full on. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and the idea really is to, I know a lot of people, what their idea is, is that they want to get individuals to be their devoted clients, for example. So they, they offer their product and they will only give something that's, you know, very sort of teasing, teasing denial in a way, titillating, right. with with nothing really up front and in your face. So once you've bought that, then they can, you know, they try to encourage you to message them to actually get the meat and potatoes style photos or videos or content. So then you pay on top of that. So it's 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 a whole kind of, um, I want to say, sliding scale upward to get these individuals to pay for more of the product, more of the commodity from the provider, from the content creator. So, you know, and, you know, it's interesting. You, you, were, you said something earlier that sort of resonated with me. And what it made me think of was commodity. Um, you know, because the whole commodification of the individuals within those different sites, there are so many people offering different things that not everybody has the same taste. So, of course, everybody out there, provided you're advertising yourself, right, and you're, you know, putting in your proper keywords and everything else that you're doing in your descriptives to get your client base. But everybody has a niche market. And that niche market is there for clients who want it. Uh, I haven't looked at and I haven't done any research in terms of uh, there being, uh, uh, you know, genres and categories. We know there they are, but still, I sit back and I say, now wait a second, how many people? I mean, if they're trying to get a few people, or how many people that they can to be devoted? If you want in that market to get how many people to be devoted, because you know as well as I do that. Uh, porn has a uh, uh, a uh, cycle of <laughs> uh, you know uh, you either move on or you go here or you go there. Oh, you do, it, it, right? It's it's an industry that chews you up and spits you out. Okay. It really, really does. You know, and I, I have no issue saying that. But I mean, mm-hmm. for those individuals who are able to um, diversify or or modify who they are, what they are, what services they're offering, um, longevity can be huge. Well, you know, how but it long, sorry. Long, well, longevity with a with a big audience. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we also got to think too that a lot of individuals, um, if they're going to be in the industry for quite some time, they're going to grow with their clients. You know, not only is the provider also growing and aging, 
um, maturing is my choice word of choice. Um, so are the clients. And there's a comfort level that the clients would prefer to maintain or, with, or hold within that provider. So they're, they're going to move with them generally they're, and they're going to grow with them. Um, you know, their interests can change and they usually do. And they, and they change, they diversify, they modify. Um, but then, you know, so rather than seek out somebody new and have to go through try to get somebody else who's more youthful or younger. I, I'm not going to say youthful because we're all trying to, you know, we're all chasing the fountain of youth and wanting yeah. to be more youthful, but it doesn't necessarily mean be younger. Mm. Um, you know, so if you're, if, if they end up going for a younger and sometimes there's quite a few more challenges with meeting somebody who's younger, who just doesn't have the same knowledge or historical understanding of what the industry is like or what that person has gone through in all those years. So they're going to stay usually with their original provider that they have grown um, matured with, uh, learned about things like that. So, um, and, and like I said before, not everybody is still seeing people face to face because we, we know that face to face or in person, it is a youth obsessed industry. It really mm -hmm. truly is, you know, people are working out like there's no tomorrow at the gym, you know, right. maintaining their diets, their hair, their skin, their makeup. Um, you, you know, that's, that's for all sexes involved when it comes to this. But for, for those who are no longer doing that, and and I'm you know I'm guilty as charged as well. But I'm, that's not to say that I still don't have my face to face clients who are in my fetish service provision. But I'm also still telling stories now because mm -hmm. I, I discovered myself that storytelling is a long lost art. So right. the whole idea of talking to people and telling them a story that is titillating, mm -hmm. um, satisfying, and also fantasy oriented is it's it's pretty incredible. You know, and, and, and within that, too, because you, I don't necessarily have to be there. They can just listen to my voice and listen to my story and, and then hopefully draw on their imagination to paint that picture of what it is I'm telling them. Um, but, but, you know, given there are times that I'm sitting there in all of my finery talking to specific clients who I'm one to one with or going into some of these pay sites where when I've logged in, I'm, I'm live at such and such a time. All viewers and store and listeners can tune into my story this week and hear me and see me talk. So what this is a, uh, you have a podcast, don't you? I did have when we were doing out loud shows. But, oh. Um, oh, you didn't do anything. Oh, after that, you just I, went well, to you know, personal. I, I kind of, I'm not going to say that it burnt out, but it, my learning curve when it comes to all this stuff is, is pretty bad. Um, but I'm going to be actually releasing this, a podcast in the coming future. I'm hoping within the next two to three months. You know, there was a time when uh, I asked people uh, of various uh, uh, occupations or what have you, or on various celebrity, you know, do you want to be on the show? And they'd go, what show? What do you? And I'd say, oh, you're on the internet radio. <laughs> they'd laugh. they go, what's that internet radio? You know, what's that? And uh, this was obviously before podcasts. Uh, and uh, you were here before podcasts. Right. Oh, I was long. I was long yeah. before podcasts. Absolutely. Um, but you were here before them. Yeah. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, a number of us were here before then, and then, <laughs> and then suddenly, now, now today, everyone knows this. They say, "Oh, you got a podcast?" No, I. You know, it's not a podcast, but it. You, it, it's it's too much. But the thing about uh, about people, about clients, about audience, I haven't seen any numbers, and I haven't. I guess. I don't know if they're available, but let's say uh, one person. It's obviously there's going to be more people available for the digital, you know, not personal face-to-face -face, uh, clients. 
There's going to be more because everybody has a phone. You could do it any way you want, right? There's a certain uh, 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 intimacy as it is. And a lot of people, you know, that's how they do all of their their friends and everything. But as a normal person these days, how much does it cost? How many different uh, people could you afford? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I see all these advertisements, and I know some people who uh, um, who do and have done it and are doing it, and and they're um, and I'm going well if they have a big audience based on uh, um, whatever they do, and yet do you mean to tell me these people just go there? And let's face it, if you want to see a lot of, if a man wants to see a lot of things. Uh, then uh, he's, he's going to have to hold on. <laughs> it's you know what I'm saying. I mean, how much can you do anything? Well, you know, we I mean, we got to think about it this way as well. I mean, we both know that there is so much already free content out there yeah. that you can look at. But I mean, yeah. w- within that free content, I mean, and I and I I truly truly believe this that you're missing the personal aspect of that free content. Like you're, you're looking at something that's a temporary sort of fetish or fantasy or whatever it is that you're bringing to life for the short period of time that you need it. Um, but I also believe that, you know, there's reasons why individuals go for specific providers, mm-hmm. providers who provide that connection with them. So, you know I mean? so, you say, so are you saying that, uh, that maybe most of these people are loyal, that they don't have three or four Accounts. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that some of them do have uh, more than one or multiple providers that they that yeah. they're interested in. For now that's expensive. That I mean that could be well exactly. But I mean you know, but we got to also think too that not everybody has seen them on on that much of a regular basis. Um, so that's why, in, in my experience, in all the years that mm-hmm. I've been around and knowing everybody else has come to me with information they've shared as well as my own personal experience. Is, is that you know when so-and-so is due for a visit. You just know. Mm. Um, you sort of get that feeling, especially if it's been a long-term or long-time client. Um, you know, it's like, oh, it's coming around at this time of the month. They'll be getting in contact with me very soon, blah, 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 blah. But, I, you know, I equate it to this as well, that for most good providers that are out there, um, they will have, uh, they'll have their set, set of clients like a hair salon, for example, or a doctor's office, like you've, you've got your a lot of time that you're going to see these clients for. Right. So there's more on there. But the individuals who, you know, there are individuals who are seeing sometimes two or three at a time, monthly, or however often they're seeing them. I mean, that's not to say that a client is, um, you know, once a month, twice a month, three times or four times a month, weekly. Um, they, they could be every three months. They could be every six months. They could be every eight months. Okay, but there has to be there has to be turnover. There has to be turnover because how can even though it's low overhead and the, you know people are using you know the equipment doesn't cost that much. You're doing it on phone, whatever. Even though there's that, you have to have a certain amount of people that each one has to have a certain amount of people more than four or five or six if they're going to oh, make absolutely right so then how many what i guess i'm trying to get like what is this audience what is the average subscriber amount you know uh, and then you got to multiply that by how many accounts there are how it it's it's mind-boggling to me 
Oh, it's 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 no, it's it's in the millions. We we know that for a fact. Um, and we can honestly say that providers throughout the world, it's in the millions too. I mean, they're all and they come and go. Everybody comes and goes. They find their thing and then you know, and then they live it and you know experience it, fantasize about it for a certain period of time. And then sometimes, you know, personal life takes over and other things start to happen. Yeah, and, I know. And, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And then and then once that's happened, then sometimes they, you know, find themselves coming right back around to square one again where they are seeking out the services of a provider or something. And then um, people have to be aware if, if it's coming out of their, um, and I guess most of it's coming out of a credit card. That's the easiest way. And if it's every month and time goes on, you, you could literally wind up paying, you know, a month or two or forget it, you don't know, right? I mean, it's just going to be taken out. So it's not like you have to pay for it and go through the motions. So a no, lot of it's... Not, it's exactly. I mean, but I mean, when you think about it in regards to how the accessibility of uh, providers or, or being able to see providers has come or gotten to, um, a lot of it, especially with COVID, has gone online. We know that for a fact. And, and the major you know, players who are payment processors, um, you know, so you're using that around there. Of course, e-transfers, for example, um, I know you have e-transfers going on down the States, but I mean, sending an e-transfer internationally is a really big deal. It's mm. hard. It's not easy to do. Um, I know I've gotten paid by people in other countries and that is a pain in the neck too, even, you know, oh. Absolutely. Like, I mean, even, even, you know, people that I'm sending, you know, e-transfers or money orders to in Denmark, for example, you have to have these numbers, you have to have that number, and then you have to wait a certain period of time before it actually makes it into the bank, which doesn't make any sense to me because the internet is almost, it's, it's immediate, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you got to deal with that. Then there's the service fees. Then there's this whole thing, whereas if you're, you know, in, in Canada here, we're, we're, we're doing e-transfer to a certain person. Most people have their e-transfer set up, so it just goes right into the bank account. Right. So if you're receiving an e-transfer through your email, as you well know, mm -hmm. it goes right into your bank and it, it's done within, you know, up to five minutes at the longest, right? So, right. <clears throat> but that's not to say that people still aren't seeing people face to face. Mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of people who would rather use the cash, you know, go to the bank, just take out the money and then there's no paper trail from there on in as to where it went. Uh, so you get to, oh, is it OnlyFans, uh, Family Fans, or fan, what many, now there's one called Many Links. Uh, and you see one person, I know one person who was on, you know, uh, got onto OnlyFans and then suddenly there were 13, uh, you know, different links and, you know, go to this page and find out all the places where you can get me. And I'm going, why aren't they at one place? Why aren't they localized? Why are they on every place? Uh, is it because they're, you know, here's, uh, I'm selling five minutes of this video and then know if you want me live here. Well, I mean, uh, why is it so secular? Just well, how they make everybody makes more money that way, or what? <laughs> well, Linktree is one of the one of the um, the link setups that people can you know diversify in terms of where they can find their particular pri or you know provider of interest, right? Mm -hmm. And that'll direct them to all these different places that you're talking about. But really, what it boils down to is um, Instagram, for example. When Instagram first hit the market, it was used by a lot of the young. Yes, you know, and and the and the younger set they migrate to different sites, or they right. just age out with a particular site or an application that they've been using for a long period of time. You I mean when I first heard TikTok, I was doing a presentation 
here in Vancouver to students with regards to sensitivity facilitation. And the word TikTok came up and I was like, I thought, you know, what, Tic Tacs? Right, right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but they were all over it. And, you know, and, we're, and I'm talking students that were, you know, 12 to maybe 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, I get out when I finish doing that presentation, I get out there and I, you know, bring out the phone, the computer and start looking at all of them to find out what it's all about. And, it, and you know, it's, it's really interesting. But a lot of these sites, certain people are comfortable going on certain websites and they're not comfortable on others. Um, and for whatever reasons they are. And, of course, a lot of the providers, you know, content creators, they know that. Yeah. So they, they want to go into all these different sites so they can hit as wide of a market as possible. Um, one of the things that I always said, and this is back when this is what I was doing as well, with Instagram, for example, um, Instagram, I think it's Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr, Flickr was another oh, one. Tumblr's gone, isn't it? Where did Tumblr go? Yeah, I think I think Tumblr has gone. Because um, that, that, a lot of the, the Facebook kids went to Tumblr next after they found out their parents and older people were going to Facebook. That's before it was uh, sold, right? And they went over to there to Tumblr and then Tumblr just kind of disappeared. But you know what? I think Tumblr lost a lot of clients when it did. It pulled the moral plug, didn't it? Didn't they, didn't they say yeah, at one they, point? Yeah, they did. They, they, lost a sh- they lost a ton of people going to that site completely. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't understand what that was all about. So, um, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You I, said it, it was just like you know, literally they they let they let their own ideology and ethics get into play and everything mm. else as far as that goes. Um, so that to me was just a little bit weird uh, as far as that goes. But I know when, for example, if you're going to post something new onto um, on on Instagram, for example, I'm just having a little peek here and I'm just pretending that I'm uploading something mm-hmm. here. Let's just say I'm just doing a post here. I just want to confirm that. Mm-hmm. Next, and we'll go there, and we'll go next. Um, okay, so it's only been, um, it gives you a series of stuff that you can do. Um, I want to try a photo that you can automatically share from. Now, so Twitter, yeah. So t- Tumblr is still available. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, but Tumblr cleaned up. And what's there? Who, who the heck is there doing what? Right. That, well, that was the thing. Like Tumblr was loaded. Yeah. With these sexy little memes. Yeah. And they were. It would. I was blown away that I was seeing that level on that site, and and that's the site that actually decided to clean itself up, uh, and say, no, nope, we're getting rid of all the sexual content. It's being done. It's being dropped. In the idea of going back to sort of like a, a blog style um, thing where people can create their little profiles and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, when you think about what you've got. So what I was doing um, when I was doing just regular posts, because it took me a while to get on Instagram, I would take it from there and I would feed it over to uh, Facebook to I believe LinkedIn was one of them that you could have on there as well. Mm. Uh, Twitter, Tumblr and Flickr. Wow, Flickr, right? They were in the old, yeah. yeah. So, so you could, but you know, because they're they don't all play nice in the same sandbox. All these websites, you know, they removed a few of the ones that you could actually deal with. And it's the same with WordPress. Like I still have my WordPress site that is more. I you know I've I've, I've taken all the 
I want to say sexy content, but that wouldn't be what it really is. But the more in-your-face content, and that's I've taken that off, um, and more in favor of being having an inspirational website that, you know, I've, you've seen my website where yeah. I just talk about fun little stories and what's sexy this week and Wacky Wednesday, sure. um, fabulous Fridays for art, fabulous Freaky Friday for art and all things bizarre on the Internet. Um, and then I'll just do, you know, a blog story every now and then. And I've still managed to maintain a large following on that website just by having that there. Because what I have learned is is I would rather be more secure in that than having myself spread thin across all these platforms. Yeah, well, you're a department store <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of uh, <laughs> take me take me to uh, take me to floor three of you know, I, I mean that but <laughs> people the newer people, newer people, and I don't know, kids, I mean, uh, people who are coming into this industry for the first time and just going to OnlyFans and stuff, uh, they're just concentrating on what they do. They don't do a lot of other stuff. They don't, uh, they don't sell things other than videos or what have you. And then they live their lives doing whatever else until they make enough money. As what I'm saying is, you know, you're, uh, I want to say, well-rounded is not the way to put it. You know, so many people, so many people don't know and weren't here 12 years ago when uh, well, we it, talked. It, it, to, I, I think it bases itself around a certain type of ideology as well. I mean, I know mm -hmm. there, there is certainly a lot of quick cash to be made, a lot of quick cash to be made. But with the quick cash to be made, there also comes a very quick spending habit. You know, um, well, yeah, you have a business and you've learned more about business, not just about product. Right. And and these people are coming into a business and they all they know is product and they think they know that they have to look at what's going on around them in competition. Right. It's uh, it's enough to make someone not want to have sex. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it truly is. I mean, it's, it's about adaptation, you yeah. know, and a lot of them just I just really feel for the younger ones. And, and there's a lot of ages going on out there, too. And, and I make no bones about the fact that I'm trying to you know, deal with a younger set client. I want I want a mature set clientele, whether right. they're younger or older, it doesn't matter to me. Right. As long as they have that maturity to know exactly what it is that they want. Um, but I also find as well that, you know, seeking out that maturity within certain client set is is not easy either because there's still become there's still that youth obsessed culture that's within it. Um, there, there's also a hierarchy within it as well, you know, what you, and I'm going to say this, whether you're street-based or indoor, mm -hmm. or you're providing domination or fetish services or different things within all these different things, like the levels and classifications. So there's a lot of, um, how should we say, infighting, if you want to get, or say backstabbing, negativity, gossip, slander, all sure. kinds of different things to destroy other people's business. And you know, and that usually comes from individuals who live it hard and fast, and then they burn out and they're done. Where Where do you know about all this? Is there a newsletter or something, or just because you know people who can come to you and say, you know, talk about the things that are happening backstage? As opposed well, it, to it, it 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 is that it really truly is that. I mean, when you're part of these different groups mm -hmm. um, and you know nonprofit organizations here in Canada, like so, I'm part of the Canadian Alliance for Sex Work Law Reform. Um, so we're, we're trying to currently we have a, a, a case before the courts in Ontario where we're trying to uh, repeal the current federal legislation so that it doesn't make sex work um, unlawful, um, you know, more in particular to, you know, take away the safety and dignity of individuals who are working and doing it, um, you know, so they so they can pay their bills so they can 
work without discrimination mm -hmm. so they can you know avoid the face of the stigma and the stereotypes attached and all these other different things so it, it basically it's a human rights situation so within those groups we all share our information that we get statistically from our own findings um, and when i say own, our own findings because we all work in different regions of Canada. We all are, you know, in different regions of Canada, and it's very different in those areas. So nothing is really the same, but there is common thread. There's a lot of common thread amongst it. So um, for the for the older sets that have been around for a long time and are still emblazoned and with a belief pattern to help the younger set coming in there so that they're not manipulated, they're not mm -hmm. coerced, or they're not abused, they're not any of that sort of idea, so that they have the wherewithal to perform and function without any sort of adversity, uh, discrimination, um, violence, for example, um, you know, things like that. So we hear it, we know it, we share it, mm -hmm. uh, we talk about it, we get together on a monthly basis on Zoom and have our meetings as well. Um, we also get together face to face by having these conferences in certain areas of the country. Depends on which organization is doing it at the time. So, of course, we have all that information. This is Velvet Steel and uh, on here, Cotola Chronicles, and uh, uh, Velvet and I go way back, at least, you know, I'm in broadcasting, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, um, you, since you've been around, as I have, like I could see what went on with all the broadcasters and, the, you know, the things that have happened. And, and uh, run through a bit of how you decided to, uh, because you had a business and and you still have a business, but you also sell products, right? Uh, right? Don't you? Yeah. Have... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what? How did you start to uh, uh, involve yourself when this new platform emerged? And again, uh, people might not know this, but you're an <laughs> you're an advocate, and you've helped uh, people, and uh, and in terms of laws and uh, and the whole sex industry, at least in in Canada. Although some of that spilled over, I'm sure. Oh, bad choice of words. But uh, <laughs> uh, what did you? What did you do to uh, adapt? Did you? What did you do to? Uh, I know what you're saying. You did to help because I, I don't think there are groups in, in the U.S. that do what you do. Uh, and uh, uh, like you're saying, you get together, you talk with people. Uh, so, but how did? It, when did it first come to your attention? Let's, and start there. You're doing your stuff, and you're uh, there's not you don't have a lot of competition, do you? No, right? N no. Um, and so, what happened? I don't really think. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a period of time there where there was a lot of competition here in the city, and I found that my business faltered and stuff. But then at the same time, I, I thought to myself, mm, I got to really sit back and think about what it is that I'm offering and how I can how can I change that? How can I adapt to keep my client base coming? And how can I keep my advertising going? Because, you know, at that time, um, people were still advertising in the facts of newspapers. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of the publications no longer print newspaper. Right. So you, you can't advertise in the facts of those because they just don't exist anymore. But for me, as, as a rogue sort of individual doing my services and doing my fetish parties and things like that, I was invited to come on board to the Vancouver Sex Work Task Force by a woman here in Vancouver, Susan Davis. Um, you know, she, and she at the time was the liaison person between the media and the victims of the families of the uh, in, in the Picton trial, the Picton case there. 
And, you know, that was really daunting and really emotional for her and, and the rest of the gang. And I understood that. And because she's been following me, I mean, she's got her finger on the pulse as well. And we work together with the British Columbia Coalition of Experiential Communities as well. So, so we're both members of that. Uh, and we, we recently started our own, um, as we call, working group. And we're bringing more people into the coalition now. But uh, so when I was, you know, took that invitation and, and graciously accepted, I really learned a lot about, you know, the different organizations that were out there. And especially in particular, I'd already knew, known a few of them, but um, I wasn't invited on because, you know, if you don't follow their rhetoric or their ideology or their wording, they really don't want you around. Like you have mm. to fall in line, you know, and we both know what that's like. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. So and then by coming on board with the task force and then being a part of the working group, which was licensed and permits, um, a lot of these groups, I really believe, had to sort of save face and invited me on in terms of, you know, working with them, working for them. And um, and I, I still think there was a serious amount of tokenism going on within these groups, so much so that I had to leave them. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to still stay rogue and still stay as best as I could. So what that really taught me at that point in time was to move into a direction where it had to be sex worker led, had to be said sex worker operated and motivated, mm. you know, because a lot of these places that I was, you know, coming in contact with and were in working with um, here in Vancouver in particular, they're, you know, they're fronted by, you know, individuals who have no experiential knowledge whatsoever. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're coming fresh out of universities. And of course, you know, academia seems to get the upper hand when it comes to employment, mm. um, you know, and, and because my, my education is post-secondary. It was college. Um, I have my certificate in fashion design. Uh, I, you know, video, audio, editing, art school, all kinds of different things like that. But it just seems to me like university seems to hold the clout. So a lot of these people were taking over these um, organizations that, as far as I'm concerned, really don't have the best interests at heart, even though they were saying that to us. You know, oh, we, we, we got your best interest at heart. We've got the everything happening with regards to laws and logistics. We'll be your voice. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't need you to be my voice. Mm. You know, my voice is the one that's speaking the truth, not yours. Um, and, and in a way, what we, a lot of us believe, because now we're, we are sex worker-led, operated, motivated, um, and, and, and feel is that... It's in a way, it's a condescending kind of voice and attitude from some of these individuals. Oh yeah, I, don't yeah. don't don't tell me that you think you know what I want to say or what I'm going to speak, you know. And 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 also too, it's just like, well, what 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 the hell does a sex worker know? They're just dumb, uneducated individuals. You know what I mean? Sure, I do. It, well, and and that's the ideology that's being put out there by a lot of these individuals. And I, I I can tell you right now, all the individuals that I know who are who are in the industry. They're not stupid. They are far from it. Sure. And they, they have a voice. They have an opinion. And they need to be heard. They don't need somebody else standing and then telling them, you know, what they need to hear. Like, oh, sweetheart, I got your business in heart. You keep that pretty little head doing what you're doing. It's like, no, I'm sorry, but you can step aside. Mm. I appreciate allies. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need allies to speak for me. Only if I'm not there, but it better resonate with my message. So. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as as women have changed, you know, and how, uh, over the those decades. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and that, so but obviously that has um, influenced the um, um, the the atmosphere 
of them as business people or and as sex workers, and that's why their fight, there there is a fight, you know, and it's a little tough too because you can say something or do and not realize that you're uh, insulting a uh, um, some of the newer ones, but that's. I guess what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say, go ahead. I, I love how you use the word insulting some of the newer ones as well, because it, it's so true. Like, you know, people in my day were mature enough to handle specific terms and wording mm-hmm. and be able to say it, Yeah. Uh, you know, rather than turn around and shut down a conversation by saying, oh, I'm so triggered by what you just said. Oh, yeah. oh woe is me. You know, and, and honestly, truthfully, I'm sorry, but your triggers are not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm suck it up and deal with that right. because there might be things coming out of my mouth or the mouths of under that may trigger, you know, an individual to have a certain emotion with something else. But that doesn't mean that you should use the word trigger and your emotional state to shut down a conversation that is, you know, moving forward or collectively, you know, positive, you know what I'm saying? I know. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of that going on where people say, Oh, I'm triggered. I need to shut this conversation down. No, you don't. And you can't, and we won't let you. That's going to take some time to have the uh, uh, that uh, modicum of uh, of communication, because so many people coming into it are they feel empowered, over empowered. Uh, they don't understand that there's business involved with it. You know, it's like people who, who look at show business, like yeah, it's called show business. You know, <laughs> and, well, and and you're, how they treat clients. You know, or how they. Uh, What's real and what's not real, especially in the when you're dealing with the stuff that's so visceral, you know. Well, and, that, and that's absolutely it as well. You know, I mean, you got to think about your advertising costs. Where are you going to advertise? How are you going to advertise? How are you going to commodify yourself? And there's nothing wrong with commodifying yourself. And that's the other thing too that you'd have a lot of these abolitionists and prohibitionists out there telling you that you know, oh, you 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 know you've you're exploiting yourself, you're commodifying yourself, it's so terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, wait a minute. We can say the same thing when the individuals go and get a job and they bring their resume in there. They have, they're, they've commodified themselves to that specific job that they're going to be interviewed for. Yeah. You know, that's what a resume is. Yeah, it it right. shows what your skill set is of the commodity, which is you, right? So why would it be any different from a set for a sex worker? But, you, you know, a lot of these, and here we go, women who are heading up this whole swerf and turf movement, abolitionist movement, um, and using, really, really they're using the men as the voices because they can only get so far to bastardize the whole movement of the sex workers, you know, the positivity of it, you know, because they're, they would rather paint the picture that it's all negative, it's all coercion, it's all abuse, it's right. all this, it's all that, which is ridiculous because realistically thinking, I my belief is, is these are sexless individuals who have no clue about what sex is all about or sexuality for that matter. Do you think a lot of, uh, uh, do you think there are a lot of failures already uh, on the platform? People who have come on and just said, I, I can't handle this. I'm not making any money. I'm spending too much time and I don't know what to do. In other words, well, I'm talking about the, the immense volume of people who have accounts and everything, but that doesn't mean uh, they're all successful. They're all still there. You know, from here and last year, and what do you know about the success? Of the, the, the failure rate is huge, and is I'm going to say the failure rate is probably just as equal as to the success rate. Okay, then that, that's going to see that's going to help me understand it better. Because you know, I, I mean, and, and and you you're in the right direction by saying, for example, um, you know how hard it is because it's not easy to get out there. A lot of people just think, oh, well, I'll just place an ad and the money's going to roll through. Right. 
well, no, there's there's maintenance to that, you know, your profile there or what you're offering. You've generally got to do weekly um, yeah, you know, product creation or upload or, or yeah. whatever it is. Posting, um, you have to, there's engagement that you have to do all the time. Um, you have to think about your rates, you have to think about your banking, you have to think about what your next slogan is going to be, what your advertising is going to be, how chug and cheek you can be with your clients, right. how serious you can be. You know, you got to not only personally upkeep with yourself, you got to maintain that as well. Um, so it can be really, it, it's really a daunting thing for a lot of people who have this glorified vision that all they're going to do is just sit there and lay back on their couch and take gorgeous photos of themselves doing certain activities yeah. and they're going to make money. It doesn't work that way. It I, never has. It never will. I, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I, nobody talks about that. <clears throat> I figured we, you would know. Now, when you tell me that there's a, um, a great volume, there's a volume, a big volume of uh, failures, that's because... Uh, they they're trying to go. They're going. They don't know if they're going into business or that. Like you said, they think it's going to be easy because uh, and and you know, you know that old garbage about building it. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't yeah. work in the sex industry if you build it. They will come. But the uh, right. I mean, that's not that's baloney anyway. I always thought that was baloney. It, it, it absolutely is baloney right. because you could build something that you think is going to be phenomenal or fabulous. Um, and it won't attract a damn cent or a dime or a person, you know, and, and you got to think of it this way too. There's a lot of ego involved with all, all this, mm, you know, mm. a lot of people think that they are better than what they really truly are. And it, it's like a real hard reality slap to the face. It's, it's I, like, um, yeah, you know what? There's other individuals out there doing something similar or something. Like this. So that's where you have to, you know, set yourself above or, you know, create a difference or a variance with yourself to set yourself apart from individuals because I mean the money is there there's lots of money to go around but you just have to come up with some sort of a niche market or a niche kind of presentation uh, of yourself or reflection of yourself that is going to grab those individuals and own it and if you're going to do that uh, right well if a person's going to do that they I mean they can't just say you know I'm going to do bondage Right. I mean, it's like, well, you know, even people who are people who are going to come to that to maybe subscribe to that because they like his or her face or whatever. uh, They're going to know immediately if they're fans of bondage that you're not really doing anything. You know, you know, saying they don't have if you you can pick a specialty, but that doesn't mean you can produce it and deliver it. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that a specialty that you are actually good at and providing is something that you're going to, you know, stay with for forever. You know, we, we're all morphing. We're all, we're chameleons as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, re-energizing, uh, metamorphosizing into something different new all the time. Actors. And, you know, and, and then the ability to do that and then to keep your clients with you at the same time is also something that's really phenomenal because I really truly believe that when you're doing that, you're, you're doing that with clients that are ready to take that next, next step into something new as well with you, right? Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just find it so interesting that, you know, I've come to terms with the whole aging thing. I mean, it, it's not easy for everybody to do. I mean, I yeah. get it. I'm aging. I, I find it really difficult <laughs> oh, to, you know, understand no, the fact ain't... that I am aging. No, I don't want... look like I did when I was 25, for example, right. or 20. Right. You know, and, and, and then what, and what do you do to feel comfortable with yourself, to still present yourself in a manner that's enticing, titillating, sexy, um, powerful, and still have an, an element of youth to it without actually being young. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so and it, it's not something that comes overnight for a lot of people either. It's really difficult. And, it, and, it, and it's hard for people who, have, you know, have this svelte, total gym bunny body that's 36 double D, 25, 36. And, you know, so that, and suddenly they find themselves five years down the road. Well, their 36 double D is now turned into a 36 G. Mm. Um, you know, their 25 inch waist is now up to a 30 and they're getting a little bit more hippie, a little bit more saggy, you know, not tight and toned or even if they still are at the gym. Like it takes a lot of freaking work to do yeah. all these different things and to maintain it and keep it. Now, aside from the uh, all the competition that came about from new people or people who wanted to be doing uh you know, be sex workers and hadn't been in any way professional, right? Uh, and I noticed it was early on when the uh, porn industry, when all the ones who were already known, celebrity people who were making their living and doing all the, um, uh, you know, the commercial porn, immediately, right. immediately f- found the place, found a page, right? They brought it over to uh, OnlyFans, right? They all have, uh, they all, I know they have because I've had a few on. The show, Aaron Thompson was on, you've heard of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was on the show uh, uh, during the pandemic, I think it was. And we, and we talked about it because he lives with uh, Joanne and Angel. They're married, I think. Yeah, they're married. Uh, and, uh, and, they were ta- and he was talking about that, how there's so many, there's more avenues that they have to go down in order to keep making money. And these are people who have been making money in the industry as it was. Now, when they went over to uh, OnlyFans or they have the Fansley or a Bansley Wans or whatever it is, they go, they immediately are known. I mean, they immediately have identification. That is competition beyond the competition of the numbers of other people who come on and get subscriptions. So they were smart right away. They They jumped on it and they still have what they still have a million here of followers and uh, you know it's amazing. So new people have to deal with the professionals as well. What happened to what happened to Velvet? Velvet. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't oh. know what happened. There. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm totally listening to you, but yeah, okay. we're talking. You know. Like all, all these other ones, they have to make way for the new ones coming in there as well. But they also have to make way for an open mind and an open attitude at the same time. Um, I don't know why I ended up on mute there for a second, but that was really weird. <coughs> Maybe because I had a couple coughs. Um, but, well, um, at least it wasn't a hang up. I've had those no, before. No, no. <laughs> I've had those before. <laughs> Fires going on here in Vancouver. It's yeah, here's sirens. Yourselves. Uh, you know, out of the reach of the particulates that's in the air. And hopefully the next rain, bit of rain that's coming through, which is supposed to start tomorrow, is going to really drench it out and get rid of a lot of this stuff. That's, a, that's a rainy area of the earth where you are well, anyway. in, uh, This year has been pretty freakish as far as I'm concerned. You know, mm-hmm. we, we know that we are in drought-riddled areas and everything that's going on. It's really spooky. Yeah. I think it's spooky. But um, anyway, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you have to make way for the new ones coming up and coming because you realistically speaking, not only do you have the aging factor, right? So you're not going to be doing the same thing that you were doing, say, 10, 15 or even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You really aren't. You have to, you know, if, if you have a plan on staying in this, I've sort of moved into, um, you know, with, with the small few regulars that I have, not, I'm not going to say it's not small, but I mean, with the regulars that I do have that have aged with me and that still appreciate my service, I mean, I'm, I'm, very much into storytelling these days again as i mentioned earlier um and you know i find that really 
my thing. And the fact, again, coupled with, as I mentioned a bit before, I'm okay, you know, presenting myself as an aging, more mature individual um, and keeping my appearances up as best as I can. Yeah, but you right. notice how with the, the porn industry has has created newer uh, categories as people became older. I mean, it was, a, you know, it turned into, uh, it realized that there were audiences that were aging with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we got the MILFs and the DILFs and the, you know, and everything. And, uh, and the old, you know, these categories didn't exist when this thing first, you know, uh, was set aflame, right? There was. Well, exactly. I mean, let's think about going back to the 70s and, so, and as far as that goes and into the 80s. I mean, you weren't really looking at people that were out of shape right. or didn't have physical, you know, physiques or, or figures that weren't, you know, having hours at the gym kind of deal. But now you've got, you know, you've got the largest set women. Um, yeah. The, you yeah. know, basically sites that are calling it for what it is, super fat chicks. Uh, you've, you've got granny websites. Yeah. You've got all those different things. And I'm kind of like, okay, there's a market for it. Have at her. Do it. You know, I want to see it. And, you know, for me, it's like stepping aside and watching that move into the, um, to the mainstream, to where it is as a provision for individuals. I'm all over it. It's just like, you know, I'm not going to knock it. I mean, because mm-hmm. that to me would be judging or judgment call. Right. And I, I really try to think of myself as someone who's judgment free most of the time. I mean, I have my opinions. And if you don't like you, you'll know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, beyond that, I, I you know, I, I don't think to, or feel that there's any reason to do something that is uh, negative or vitriolic or just plain out flat out mean to individuals just because you don't like them or you don't resonate with what they're doing, you know, but you're fast, but you're, you, you are definitely, um, uh, uh, you know, sui generis. You're, 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 that's, that's our word of word of the month. <laughs> sui generis. <laughs> you're unique and you're still unique. You, you've been, you can't go to your only fans. You don't have an only fans. Right. I, I, I have one that isn't in use. Oh, okay. So you have one and you do well enough doing your other stuff. Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, I went in there and I, I put content up for it and I just thought to myself, I don't have the time for this. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, I've sat here telling you as well this evening about how individuals have to keep up with the Joneses in mm-hmm. terms of what they're putting out as content and how often they're doing it and how they can read. But I mean, you know, for me, I have, I've, I've got my other bits of content that I'm doing that's keeping me just as equally busy. Um, you don't show up at these conventions or anything either, do you? No, I haven't right? been to any of them, to be honest. And I'm not sure that I would really want to go. I, you know, uh, there's a, a guy who does goes there and does shows from there all the time, wanted me to go. And uh, um, it's amazing how they... Uh, um, you talk about judgmental, you know what what they call the average fan who goes there. Uh, and there are some very strange people walking around, and but these the performers, uh, they're making money doing everything. They're they're selling autographs, they're you know a hug or whatever it is. And I hear there's other stuff going on. <laughs> that you know, uh, which means why? I mean, they're not making enough. Money, why? Because this, and this is what I want to hear from you next, this whole new platform, this whole new uh, army of ex- of uh, sex workers who would never have done it uh, with, you know, producers and the way it's done professionally. Uh, uh, how has that affected? Who do you know that has 
it affected the, uh, you know, the industry itself because they're still making professional porn and, right? Well, I mean, for me, I, you know, and I don't just say just for me, others I know as well, it really boils down to the producers of said porn or content. Mm. Um, you know, so you, you've got the performer. If the performer is not in charge of producing and creating their own stuff on their own, there's usually somebody else that's helping in the background. Um, or, you know, this person has had their own production company or production facility or situation going on for a period of time. And they're always on the hunt for new, fresh yes. talent. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. always on the hunt for new, fresh talent that's willing to go that extra yard or extra mile to do content that could be considered controversial yeah, or something outside of their boundaries. Yeah. And honestly and truthfully, for me, um, I think they're, they're, there's a fine line between sexy and vulgar. Mm. Um, well, I know you're saying, and I've not heard that from anybody who I've talked to uh, in the industry, New World. I, you know, I, there are things that I'm looking at. I just find that there, there's such a lack of sexuality to it, a lack of sensual interest for me, and it just boils into vulgar vulgarity. And I, you know, I just re- I want to see something that has beauty to it, yeah. that is sensual, um, that's sexy, that's empowering, that's you know beautiful and it doesn't mean that it has to be with people who have uh gym perfect bodies right Right. um i just want to see people who look like they want to be there on camera or doing what they want to do or even in real life enjoying what they're doing as opposed to all this other shit and you know and it's always really i think there's always some sort of coercion that's taking place with some of the stuff that we're looking at and i think that people burn themselves out and Mm. we talked about this quite at great length in some of our groups you know, because they're doing too many things, they've diversified into too much. Mm-hmm. Like really, like, I don't know. I give good hug, for example. And, you know, so if I'm going to give somebody a hug, I'm, I'm going to give them a hug, not because I want to make $5 off that hug. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that just seems kind of odd and strange to me. So, you know, for me, what would be a way for you to make a valid bit of content? You know, and people are probably going to find me controversial by saying that valid bit of content mm-hmm. that I think, you know, people would want to pay for as opposed to, you know, taking and pulling the wool over their eyes. Well, you know, uh, uh, porn is kind of be, uh, it's kind of a tr- kind of game, like, like games, uh, um, like, you know, pe- gamers are big, uh, you know, gamers and porn go together. Like, uh, you yeah, know, they, right? I think that's the other thing that I'm seeing too, is like right? all these people who are doing gaming and stuff like that. And they're doing this whole other element of porn attached to it. I'm like, Okay, did I miss out on that too? You know. <laughs> yeah, and the the porn that uh, the newer porn that uh, that can be seen, uh, I don't know how it sells because anything that comes out is available for free. Uh, but it's uh, it really has that action, 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 action thing to it, right? And remember, in the beginning, in order to have uh, uh, you know, they had to make up stories, even with bad actors and everything like that, because it had to have some social <laughs> significance. And you know, people never learned uh, to uh, uh, you know to act, because because we know they've how many of them have tried and how few of them have uh, crossed the uh, crossed the line. Yeah, I mean, like. It really, for me, it goes it goes back to good storytelling and presentation. And then um, porn does not have any, pretty much does not have any even bad storytelling. No. No, there's no, not. I mean, okay. I, I, I talk to a lot of people who are, they're not into the production house, you know, the grand production house style of it anymore. They would prefer to watch um, amateur. Mm-hmm. People at home doing their own thing with their camera turned on and just going at it and doing what they're doing. 
I mean, that's what a lot of them are looking at these days because, you know, these big, huge production houses generally are attached to websites where they want you to pay an exorbitant amount of money right. to become a member of that. And then once you're a member of it, you still have to pay an outrageous amount of money just to watch the damn bit of content that you're watching. And there's no guarantees that it's going to be good. Now, they fill up these conventions because I know, like I said, I, I know from people uh, and uh, who broadcast from there, whenever it is, they, they run. And there are people who, I understand this, and I'm the one who's saying how many people are there and how much money there are people going out there. And I think they have a demographic. I don't, in other words, I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, two lawyers who are married and have kids say, yeah, what do you want to do this week? <laughs> let's go to the porn convention and buy <laughs> things. You know, let's go and buy pictures and videos. Or, no, no, videos, no more videos. No more. You know, let's, what do they do? They wouldn't do it. So they all have, uh, there is a certain demographic. And I don't even want to even try to describe it, but there are a lot of people out there who are feeding men, by the way, still men. I, I don't see, in all the crowds and all the people that are interviewed, I just, there's, you know, the, 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 the hall is filled with men. You know, it's one of those things that I think of for myself. It's like, okay, um, you know, who are you going to interview? Because it really is quite the spectacle. Uh, you know, like I said, just doing just doing the regular sex toy taboo conventions here in, in Canada, um, when they were rolling through Vancouver, things like that. I mean, they've changed into this whole big thing. That I don't, I don't really think they're as fun as they used to be. Um, there's this sort of um, corporate attitude that's come along with it and i'm going to say snobbery and hierarchy of individuals that are going who again for the most part are running around these different things thinking that they're so much better than everybody else in these events and you know it's not comfortable it's not a comfortable atmosphere no. to be in honestly and truthfully um there is a darkness to it that i know very seriously yeah. darkness. And, and you know and then you got to think about the presenters who are there doing these different things as well and they're doing their stuff and you know people that are brought in from other locations to present at these different things too, come in with such ego and attitude mm. that they've kind of, in a way, push out the people that are local from the region that are there. Yeah. It's not a one, and, one to one thing at all. I mean, these, you know, it's volume numbers. I got 16 fans here and there and I don't, yeah. you know, I don't expect them to take them all out for dinner, but I know that there's been leaks of Various people, and I can't name them who they are, but uh, who have parties at those conventions, and they cost money. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and this is amazing to me. Then the uh, the videos they take videos of these parties, and they become leaks, and then they sell those. It's outrageous. Uh, just in the sense that I don't know, uh, I don't know where anyone could uh, fit in a circus like that because that's what it's like. It's like, okay, the, you know, they're out there with the, uh, the he's training the bears. Imagine that. Imagine the people in the circus going down. Come on, come on, train the bears with me after the show. Come on down into the... Well, you know, know it, it, it goes back to that whole spectacle thing, mm -hmm. realistically speaking. So here these people are spending money to go to these parties. I mean, uh, you know, the lack of discretion um, or discretion assured has gone out the door. Mm. It, it, it just it flew out the window. The minute you, you pay to go into one of these events at these parties, um, I don't know what people are reading when, in terms of the small print and all this other stuff, but, it, you, you know, <laughs> 
I, I know people who are living quiet, subdued lives and ended up at an event like that and ended up at a party like that. And suddenly the gloves are off and they're just in there like a dirty shit in the laundry. Yeah. But, but then suddenly a picture comes out later on down the road and I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? So right. It's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you, discretion has to be assured, not to mention the trust. And, and, and it just, you know, this, this whole shock value presentation to get out there, to get real, you know, videotaping. It's like Girls Gone Wild, for example. Right. I mean, that guy has been charged out the yin-yang for what he's been doing because all these individuals were either drugged or, or, or drunk or whatever it is and didn't consent to the information or the, um, yeah. you know, that put out there on in the world. Was that a big scandal? Excuse me, but I mean, I didn't know. There yeah, were... it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's a major big time caca yeah. for doing all that stuff. And the stuff he... is still out there. Of course. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when something hits the internet, it's there for all eternity, realistically speaking. Well, a lot be... of people don't just still don't understand that. Mm -mm. You, know? you know, you can have internet mm -hmm. images that are, I mean, I get people sending me images that they have found on me on the internet that I didn't even remember putting on there right. or how it even the hell got there. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it surprises me, but I'm certainly prepared to understand the fact that it is there yeah. and not get all bent out of shape about it. But it just, it, it, it bothers me that the industry has gotten to a level of, as I said before, vulgarity um, and shock value at the expense of other individuals, yeah. you know, just so they can make their money doing it and, and things like that. And, and, and then, you know, so when I think about that way of, you know, trying to get your business or your money from subscribers or individuals who are watching your content, it's a far cry from individuals who are creating their own content and thinking they're in control of it and wanting to put out their best, you know, put their best foot forward and put their best bit of content out that they can possibly get to keep and maintain clients. Well, I was on a panel uh, on this uh, other talk show and uh, one, and there was, there was a girl there who was on her way to a convention and, um, you know, her husband drives her there. They're, they're a little business and they have their uh, only fans and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very open about the fact that, uh, you know, uh, they're going to, sell some things and this, that, and the other thing, make sure they buy the, what the CDs or whatever the productions that they're in. And they're going to be at the parties. I mean, they're going to have these parties. And, uh, I, you know, it was just like, well, the guy, okay. You know, they deal with how they want to deal with their relationship and their marriage and the business. That's okay. But it's like, uh, well, wait, these guys just come in with the money. I mean, I mean, you know, and these are some very weird guys. I don't think anybody, I would imagine being in bed with some of these people. So they're not obviously not making enough or of doing whatever it is they're doing that they have to do that, right? That, that, I mean, it's, you know. With it, the culture, far, yeah, yeah, tell me. Tell but me. think about it, though. I mean, it's a far cry from going to, say, for example, a sports arena or, um, or a Comic-Con, for example, where you have people sitting behind a desk or a table and they're just signing autographs of themselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, for $5. But yet all these people have to go to these events or these parties, and then suddenly they have to put on some kind of other weird little show. I mean, there's definitely a different kind of attitude or, um, how should we say, expression from individuals who are at these at these parties. And I, and it makes me wonder, it's like, where did that, where did that come from? Was, 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 the, yeah. was the line released? Yeah. Within, yeah. um, you know, and, and you've got a number one, act like a complete and utter idiot 
uh, that you would never, you know, in a way that you would probably never do at home. Mm -hmm. And also that could be not only detrimental to yourself, but to the individual that you're involved with doing or doing to or whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and I just I just I look at it that way and I think, OK, but then maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my own you know, interpretation of what it is. But I think I would I would. I, I don't think I know I would prefer much more level or higher level of decorum. There's a certain audience, though, that that does it. And these and these uh, these fellow most of these fellows are just loners. And, uh, you know, they save up uh, money yeah. uh, to go yeah. to these things, not just to buy a They could buy things over the mail. They could download them. Right. And there's free stuff. No, no, no. They're they're there for some activity and they save money and they bring a lot of money there. So may. Uh, uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I would imagine that's going to happen anyway, some way, but I just don't. Well, well, and it does. I mean, I yeah. always think of those other big parties there where you, I, and I know we've both seen them. Um, I certainly have seen them where you, there's these women that are just going damn crazy with these strippers in these, and these are videos. Mm -hmm. Um, we, 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 and it looks like it's um, sort of like a bride's, what, what, what do they call those parties there before they're married? <laughs> uh, bridal shower. A shower. Bridal shower, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I just drew a complete blank there. Oh, um, but they, you know, and here's all these women that are just like letting loose and rip-roaring, going crazy. And they're performing oral sex on these strippers and these men and stuff like that. And it's videotaped. Yeah. You know, and the next thing you know, it's it's online. I mean, th these women aren't the performers. So yeah. it, it just makes me wonder about, like I said, the levels of decorum that are taking place and how that is. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's one of the things that we've been doing up here in terms of fighting for the legislation is people think that it's going to be, if everything is decriminalized the way we're hoping it's going to be, that it's just going to be one big free for all. And, and that's so not the case. There's not going to be no free for all, right. you know, orgies on every corner block and all these other different things or wild sex parties. This can, we know that there's going to be legislation put into place. There's going to be regulation put into place. You know, that's just that's how it's going to be. You know, there's going to be health checks. There's going to be all kinds of different things like this. And finally, people will probably be able to be doing their taxes, too, which is, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So it's, there is no free for all here because there is nothing free for all with, with legit jobs. Yeah. Like everybody has a set of rules within the government that they have to adhere to when it comes to paying your taxes, declarations of whatever you're doing, earning your stuff. Um, and, you know, that's all across the board. Doctors, lawyers, accountants, everybody that holds to a certain standard within their bar association or their medical associations or their dental associations. You know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. So this hysteria that is being put out there by all these individuals, I can see where it's possibly coming from. Well, you know, especially when you got content like that floating around the where internet. Do you, where, where what's coming from? Sorry? The, where, what, where what's coming from? The, you mean the... Well, 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 the wildness that they're oh. thinking, you know, all this sex stuff is going to be doing if, it, right. you know, if it's decriminalized, which we hope it is. Mm. I mean, like, literally all one has to do is take a look at the internet and look at all this video content that's coming forward with all these crazy-ass bridal shower stuff. Yeah. And, you know, parties and all these other weird... I just like... Wow. Okay. I, you know, I don't know. I, we're just fighting for the rights of individuals here to be able to do their jobs. Well, the other the other thing I want to um, uh, talk to you about is the uh, uh, the community itself. Now, a lot of people don't know your story because they didn't listen twelve years ago. Mm. <laughs> okay. No. Um, but in the uh, in in the uh, in the transsexual uh, community, 
and the um, not, and I mean specifically of the LGB. Okay, I mean yeah, specifically. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, well, people who have uh, uh, decided to be in this category, and because it became a genre, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, uh, do you know people who have uh, said, I think I'll, you know, or I won't have an operation or I won't, I'm not going to make the oh, trip. Right. Uh, I, I, I know, I know towns and there's a lot of conflict going on within the community. Itself. Tell us about that. Yeah. And, and I do, and I do say community very loosely, um, you know, because for myself, I've always said to people, it's just like to get to be the woman that I am today, I have had to develop and go through a transsexual medical history to get to where I am. And that's not what it, what it means anymore. I mean, right? No. Because trans, you know, it doesn't mean that. So. Well, and, and, you know, and, and now people are really bastardizing it and hiding behind the whole term um, and using it as a cosmetic front, I really truly believe, for their own personal gain. And to sit there and use just, for example, trans or trans woman mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. or transgender woman alone is really lazy, it's ignorant, and it's really dangerous. You know, because there's a lot of individuals out there, such as myself, who don't fall into that category of belief. And, and suddenly we're being told by individuals that, oh, no, you're using outdated, outdated terminology such as transsexual. Um, and, and you know what? I'm not sorry in saying this. There, there's preoperative and there's postoperative, especially if you know where you're going and what you're doing. And for me, there was no stopping from A, B, C, D or E. It was mm. point A to Z. That was right. what I was doing. Um, and I knew where I was going to be, the woman that I was going to be and become. And that included corrective procedures, surgical right. procedures. Um, you know, so when it, when it comes to and see, that's the other thing, too, when we go back to the whole idea of, for example, advertising. Uh, you know, I still need to put it out there point blank because I don't want to have to screen individuals to find out that they're looking for a specific type of content that I just don't provide, Mm. that I can't provide because I don't have that anatomy. Right. You know, and and, and words like she-male, for example, or chicks with dicks and all Mm. that stuff like that, they were readily used because that's exactly what they describe. But now suddenly the word is transgender woman Mm -hmm. or trans woman. And for most people within the industry itself, it has come to mean an individual who is presenting as female but still has male genitalia or, or, or penis and, and testicles and scrotum, that yeah. kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that, that is so wrong. And then to be told that that's the terminology that you're supposed to use. Well, I'm sorry, but I have to take it that much further in terms of my descriptive of myself to explain even further because I don't want to have to go through all that bullshit. So, have you, so by using the term... Before it, you know, it, it's become so particular, um, mm. and so if you, if you said I, they didn't understand, uh, did did people come uh, come to you for uh, various business and things and thinking that you were carrying both sexes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Even after, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, all right, and uh, just because of the term, they just figured that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even even using certain websites that I was advertising on at the times, um, and that's why I've tried to pull it all into my own sort of you know realm of advertising and, and work that much harder to get my client base still to be out there and, and functioning. Um, you know, they were telling me, "Oh, well, you're a woman now, so you can't do that." Well, why can't I do that? I'm talking about myself. All you have to do is put a couple little words in there and then click the button, and it's going to work for me. Yeah. Because I certainly don't want these individuals coming to my door. And then either getting, you know, violent or vitriolic or disappointed with me. And then I've wasted my time 
and, and also possibly, you know, jeopardize my safety and security yeah. because a certain individual had a certain um, expectation, shall we say. Yeah. And there's a lot of individuals out there who've gone the opposite way with individuals who have thought, well, you know, they've gone through all their corrective procedures only to find out that, well, that's not the case. And then those individuals end up dead, you know? Um, Why do you mean that uh, they end up dead? Murdered. Uh, yeah, okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, when so, you look at the list every year, you see what porn stars have died this year. You know, you, they went, you went through the period of uh, AIDS and stuff and related and, you know, went through all that. I'm shocked at how many you see that are either uh, criminally, not forget about accidents or anything, either, you know, killed or commit suicide. The suicide rate is out of control. I was just going to say, when I was in, uh, in um, Australia visiting my sister when she was living down there, I think I'm, I'm going back probably, oh, I'm going to say about 12 years ago, 12, 14 years ago. Anyway, I, you know, we were out and we were partying. We went to um, Sydney from Melbourne. So we flew up there and decided that we were going to go out and we were meeting some of her friends as well, these two lovely gay men. And they took us out to you know, the gay area and all the clubs and uh, everything else and stuff like that. Had a great time. Went and played bingo, won some money. Um, mm -hmm. And then we showed up this other bar. And then, of course, two of my friends showed up who were L.A. porn stars, you know, male, gay male porn stars. And, uh, you know, had a great time with them there and everything else. And then I get back to Canada and find out one of them killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just found out but two years ago that the other one, the same thing. It's like, what, what is, what's going on here? With I don't know. I personally have known people, and I, it's hard to tell people this, but I personally have known people who committed suicide. And, yeah. and, you, and you know, so you'll know the feeling I'm talking about. I was like, wait, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, because in, in social uh, circumstances, was there, you know, what is there as a sign to them? Are they wearing their kerchief a certain way? Or do they, you know, it's like, how does anybody well, know? And, and you right. know, I, I, that's, just, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, yeah. is, is there some sort of attitude? Is yeah. there, did I miss, did I miss the... It's got to be uh, a thread, yeah, the, some kind of thread, nothing. They just seem to, to come to, like, well, you know, he shot himself last night. It's like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, I think to myself, God, uh, how fortunate for a lot of other individuals I know because we never drank the Kool-Aid, but then uh, some of these mm. others who, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they got caught up in and suddenly they're gone. Um, and, you know, and these are individuals that I thought really had their heads screwed on tight and were doing really good and stuff like that. And, yeah. and then you hear all this crazy stuff about, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we know that the porn industry is loaded with drugs. Sure. There, there, there's, there, there's drugs yeah, there, yeah. you know, and they can come at me until they're blue in the face. I don't really care, but I know that for a fact. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then not only is it loaded with just regular recreational drugs and stuff like that and the influence to keep these individuals doing it, this false sense of security and belonging and needing and wanting and everything else just loosen their inhibitions. But the amount of use of, for example, um, Viagra and all those other, you know, enhancement. Yeah, they love the inje injections. Have you heard? You know about the injections. Yeah, I do. They're, so they're doing that too. Like, wow. what is that? It's like, can, can you not, I mean, this is why I, I believe so many people are going over to amateur porn because it's done in one take. <laughs> you, <laughs> you do your thing, you get turned on, you get horny, you do it, you go crazy, and then that's it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be take after take after take for all this nonsense, you know? And I mean, and of course, then I ask myself, 
Are they doing health checks on these individuals, physical and mental? What is what is going on? You know, I don't and think I don't mental. Know. I don't think mental stuff. They, they must be. They're required now for certain uh, yeah. documentation for health, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. For you know, for any transmissible disease, yeah. HIV being the top one, the STDs um, and stuff. Yeah, but but there's but you know, and what is this thing? Who made? Who developed whatever this thing is? Are you a doctor or a chemist? Where a man can inject himself in that? You know, Viagra is one thing, and I'm not afraid of needles. But I'm not crazy, <laughs> you know. I, what is that doing? And then what? There are people. There are men who have said like, "Well, you know, I can go for hours." And uh, well, you know, and the other thing I was going to say, like, okay, so when we started on the conversation, just hear about the whole trans thing and everything else, yeah. as far as that goes, Brazil has one of the hugest markets for you know, female sure stuff going on down there and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I've seen way too much of it to even count on both hands as to what's going on or even in the books and stuff like that. And you just look at it. It's the same shit. Um, you know, they don't look happy. They don't look interested in doing it. It always has this sort of really seedy underbelly quality about it. Um, but it also has the highest death rate of the mm. performers in the, you know, progressive world, period. Well, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, I knew him. I knew a person, uh, a man who loved to go down to Rio and Brazil uh, and various places in Brazil. Uh, every year, once a year, he would go down there. And he used to say to me, he used to say, he used to say, well, the woman down there, unbelievable. I said, yeah, are they a woman? No, are they how many? What are you talking you know? And I've been wondering. He yeah. never said anything, but, you know, you know that because. Well, you know what he's getting at. You know, uh, you know yeah. it's also one of the cosmetic capitals of the world as well. Mm. You know, people are doing stuff down there, left, right, and center, that we would possibly think is a little bit um, questionable with its, how should we say, efficacy yeah. or safety, things like that. Like, it's like, wow, you're, you're, wow, you're really it's, doing that. Okay. It's a two-tier, it's a two-tier population too, right? Rich and poor, period. Big, big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the guys who have, you know, gone down there here from Vancouver in relationships, and they get down there only to be, coming back three months later because it's it's not what they were presented it with as being as beautiful and safe and all these other different things mm-hmm. it's it's a like you said it's a two-tiered dangerous yeah situation. because along with all that uh, you know especially if the uh, uh, if the trans girls are uh, I mean what, what else are they doing I mean there aren't are there in other words, are there cops? Are they cops? Are they, you know, are they, because that's, you know, assimilating into the world uh, and becoming a citizen as, as it being recognized and uh, not being a a prejudice towards That's one thing, right? But there's not that much going on down there. They have a 90% illiteracy rate, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, so there's not like, there's not cops and lawyers, you know, they're, you know what they're doing? Right. We, we know what they're doing. Yeah. We know what they're doing. I mean, and I don't know. And the people are coming from all over the place. Uh, well, people are arriving and going there for reasons like that. So, well, so this, yeah. this stuff coming from outside. Yeah. I, I, I just think like in, in my day when I was advertising everything as far as that goes in my younger years and shit like that, I had to I had to fight to get classifications of post-operative. Right. Right. Uh, meaning post-operation and yeah. there was pre-operative as well. But I mean, pre-operative never came into the equation because, you know, I, I went and did all my thing and, and, you know, from point A to point B as, as fast as I possibly can. But I didn't really think that I had to worry about it at a certain point down the road until I had 
you know, situations that happened with me. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Lesson learned. Need to adjust that. Need to figure that out. Need to make that happen with people. Uh, I mean, and you know, even when I'm doing my presentations for sensitivity facilitation and education, I tell people too, because there, there's always the question that comes up. Well, explain the differences between the two. So I always talk about the word transsexual right. and transgender. And then what I say to people is like, okay, well, let's put it this way. You've got transgender and you've got transsexual. Take trans off of each of those words. And what are you left with? You're left with gender and, and sexual. sexual. Right. Gender of the mind, right. sexual of the body. Mm-hmm. And for myself, bringing both of those into alignment to be the woman that I am, that I always knew I was, that's what brings me to where I am. So it is a given that I'm a transgendered woman, mm. transsexual woman, right? Um, and, then, and then people sort of get it at that because you can't just use blanket terminology and expect that it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it because it, it, it doesn't work that way, you know? Um, well, when, it, get, when it becomes, when it, when it gets into the pop culture mode, though, that's where you get all the... Uh, uh, nicknames and things, right? And that's where it becomes pop culture. Uh, well, there was this whole movement towards, um, you know, so people went from she-male or chicks with dicks. Suddenly they went over to transsexual right. woman. Yeah. And they were taking transsexual woman to mean that a transsexual woman was running around with a penis. Right. So, of course, so there's that bastardization of the terminology all within suiting the porn industry's needs to capitalize on their their videos, their films, their productions, um, and now so they, you know, and because the whole rah 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 right movement there of all these activists saying, oh, you can't use yeah. have these words, it's transgender, transgender woman, trans woman, trans man, trans this. It's like, wait a minute, you've just effectively cut me out of the equation, and a good portion of my community, so that we can listen to your voice, mm-hmm. and we be silenced because you're the ones who's yelling the loudest. And the, and the most dangerous, of course, are always going to be the militants who are just like, you know, you're all pieces of garbage and you shouldn't be able to do anything, right? I mean, well, that's exactly. still there, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's like, whoa, look out. And, and um, especially here in America, I know you I know you must know the uh, the uh, walking, living filth that is running for offices down here. Uh, which to think that that's it. They're just going to get everybody who's left who doesn't like this one, that one, or the other one. And we're just going to say right out, no, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be there. Forget about immigrants. They don't need immigrants to attack. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be where you are. I mean, we we, we look and watch with bated breath. I mean, but I mean, you know, sometimes up here, north of the border here, I don't think we're doing that much better at times. Well, you have your, you have your uh, supremacy. You have your, villains but oh, we we certainly do yeah but um, you have so many so so few people compared to us right i mean it was one third what is it one third of canada is oh, uh, population of i think we're less than that aren't Le- we? yeah it could be less I mean, than that you guys have 300 million up there i don't think yeah. we have even close to that no, down here no, no or no. Up here i mean I, I i thought it was like 40 million we had in canada that's what i thought the most so listen as we go to, as we uh, wind up for the next uh, 10 minutes what what's next what what's happening where does all this go what is there a bubble that bursts and suddenly there's just this or that or uh what do you think do, do a little uh, well, I, I honestly, yeah i do I, I think i think it's swung so far the one way that we already see it starting to come back 
you know, mm. it, it can't maintain itself out there. Like think of the pendulum, for example, you know, when it swings up to the one side, it's only there for what a fraction of a second before it starts swinging back. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I really truly think that it has swung and believe that it has swung so far that it's now starting to come back to everyone. People are starting to realize what's going on. All these raw, raw, raw folks and these activists and everything else who are shooting their own horns and everything else, I think have developed a certain level of maturity to realize that, you know, they were wrong <laughs> and they have to change their attitude and change their mind about different things. I mean, I know a lots of people up here, like, because now we have non-binary and all these other different things. And the only thing I can say about all that different stuff is that I choose to respect everybody else's choices about how they choose to label themselves. Yeah. So what's a big deal, right? I yeah. It's, that's exactly it. Learn it and that's um, it. And then, and as an example, so the ones who were running around saying that, well, they're a trans woman or they're a trans man or they're non-binary aren't saying those things anymore. Mm. They have gone back to being a binary of either male or female. Mm. And, and I, and I do find that really interesting because I don't think a lot of individuals really truly understand the level of work as there is with any, and I'm sure you've heard the word cisgendered as well. Oh, sure. Uh, individual out there to be who you are, but to, to be a person of the opposite sex of what you were assigned at birth, um, it takes a lot of freaking work. Yeah. You know, it's not just like going to fucking, excuse me, the, the discount value village store here and buying a floral print dress and suddenly thinking you're the, you're the ultimate female sex goddess. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. You, you have to, you know, because you're still going to be presenting yourself to society. And not everybody in society is going to be running around looking at you thinking that, number one, you're passable. Mm. Or you fit within their ideologies of what a man or a woman is supposed to be. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we've certainly seen enough movies um, that have outlined or, or presented to us individuals that were, I'm going to say, gender variant, mm -hmm. that ended up dead, murdered. You know, yeah. Brandon Tina story, that, that kind of stuff. You know, um, and and that's not just the only example. We we see it and we know it and we experience it all over the place. I I just think there's, it's got to swing back to a level of tolerance, and I believe it's going to do that. And I believe that people are going to step back and they're going to start to understand and they're going to really sit down and listen to terminology, and understand its definitions, the minutia of the definition. How does that affect uh, in general? What do you predict? How does that affect? the sex market. I, I think it's going to still maintain its classifications and its diversity and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think within that as well, people are going to start to realize that they can't keep classifying th certain things, certain ways because it's misleading. Mm. It's not accurate. Well, people, you know, the people who are new to the world, newer to the world than most of us uh, are, you know, they're living in this, so, uh, well, and, and I, I, and I do feel like in terms of them living in that, that there is a certain amount of, how shall I say, preservation of the physical self right. that needs to be addressed. And, and if they're not doing it themselves, then it's people like me and the activists who are watching them and watching their back well, without there are many. From saying, I've got you, yeah. I've got your back, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'll watch out for you. You know, that, that kind of shit. I'm, I'm not doing that, but I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm very aware of how people are treated when they're out there. 
Well, you're uh-huh. genuine. You see, you're you're genuine. You you uh, you felt. I mean, there are still tons of. Uh, uh, now I've forgotten what to call who. Uh, <laughs> um, there are tons of transsexuals yeah. out there who are saying like, well, you know, I always felt I was a woman, and I, you know, and I've known people and got people who've come out who normally wouldn't uh, have come out because that was, you know, then you were asking to go through the gauntlet <laughs> if you came out. Yeah, I mean, so the the change already has been, you know, immense. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, there are still uh, that so many of them who are saying, uh, you know, I just I feel more like a woman, even though, um, you know, and look, but they don't take it to heart as you did. They don't say I'm a woman. And no, I, they, right? they don't. And then, and then there's there's not a long those, line, is there? There's not a long line for that, is there? Any? No. Right? I, I mean, and, and you know, the other thing too, those are the individuals that do come up to me and think that they have some relativity with me, mm. mm-hmm. and I, and I do find that offensive um, because it's like you, you know, you you haven't done my journey. Yeah. Um. You you don't know what I've been through, and even if you want to hear it, and you're still trying to one up me or or, you know, give some sort of um comparison to my life to your life or think that we're the same and we're not the same mm. whatsoever mm-hmm. you know until someone can tell me you know in the same room that they have gone through similar sur- or surgical procedures or you know the quest to become their true selves and actually live it and be it mm. um they're not just dreaming it you know what i mean here we are at the rocky horror picture show um don't dream it be it right. um you know th- then then I have, I think, something that's relative to you, but I'm not here trying to one up an individual right. either. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, the, these individuals who say that they are this, but they're not really doing anything about it, it, it irks me. It really, truly irks me because I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. And and for the most part, a lot of us don't really associate or socialize with too many of them out there that haven't taken the time mm-hmm. to, you know get their presentation of themselves passable. Yeah. Yeah. And I really believe that that's an important thing because like I said before, society as the whole still views the differences between the XY chromosome and the XX chromosome. They are very distinctly different when they develop into the human body, the way they do, you know, the characteristics and the traits within the face and the body and stuff like that are inherently different. And try to explain to a, uh, uh, a convention, a porn convention, um, goon, if I may use the word, try to try to tell them anything about X, Ys, and Xs. The only the only Xs they know. You know what I'm saying? Well, Talk. exactly. <laughs> they, they they're just not going to yeah. get it, and they're this, and it is it, so fixated in their head as to what it is, so that you know. I mean, and and that's that is that is another reason why I don't find myself going out to socialize with a lot of these events or these parties or mm. anything like that. Not that I would go and actively get involved because I just like to go out and dress up and just have a good time now and then. Sure. But there's still that expectation and belief by individuals who come up to me and start talking to me. And then the nonsense that comes out of their mouth, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> wow. Right. You, you really, you, you didn't read the book when it was handed yeah. to you, you know? And, uh, and I don't feel that I should be standing here in this party or this event or this social situation having to go through the, you know, the explanation of all this stuff because it really is, is uh, you know, here I'm talking about my full-on history again when I'm in these situations and trying to explain to people who, like you said, they're just not going to get it anyway because they've already got it in their head. Everybody can go to velvetsteel.com. It's very simple, velvetsteel.com, and find out a lot more 
about Velvet, and and certainly uh, write to uh, you know ask things. Do you see what's going on? And, and you know, and that's the other thing too. I was going to say, Frank, is that I, when when I'm talking to people about you know what can we do to better help your community and help you and help mm. the world that you're a part of, and I'm always saying, well, number one, you can be open minded. And you can go into it with an open mind and be receptive. Mm-hmm. You know, don't have your biases at the door uh, and, and and leave it at that. You know, you, you shouldn't be going in there and saying all these other different things and all this other shit and being negative because that's the best help that a person can actually really get. And if you have a question, ask it of me. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, you know, I think you've, uh, you've, we none of us know this, but you especially, having been in a particular situation, life situation, and that is, I think you've probably changed the, the world in many ways. Others haven't. By, Thank you. By, but by, it's like it is about being know? the best damn ambassador for my community, yeah. my viewpoint as I possibly can, without browbeating someone over the head to say that my viewpoint is what you have to believe strictly and solely. No, we we all have our different viewpoints, and that's what's called common respect to believe what a person believes. But if, if I'm not out there hurting anybody, no. yeah. you know, doing all this like other people are doing, I know that for a fact. Well, I tell um, anybody I know or happen to have known in various situations, I've, I may not have called you and asked you to be on in 12 years, but I spread your word or <laughs> name around <laughs> plenty of times to various people that are types that we've talked about. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that I know they'd better show up. They better to, to have I, you, you know, as a mentor uh, is uh, yeah, thank you. about the best they can get there. I, I'm here to answer all questions as best as I can because you know you can only ask a question either in a redneck manner or a you know loving manner where you genuinely and want to know without asking it like an idiot that makes the hair on the back of my head stand on end. <laughs> Because chances are, if you do that, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> well, I'm not waiting another 12 years. We're going to keep in touch with all Thank this stuff you. going on. Such uh, a pleasure. It's such a good chance to hear your voice again. Same here. And, and you know, take the heck care of yourself uh, as you do. I don't, you know, I, I think you'll. Well, I, I broke I, my ankle in April of this year. So, um, and I, that was all I had a chance of going roller skating, looking forward to groove down. And enjoy <laughs> I wasn't even there for 20 minutes and I was in a car on the oh, way to the hospital. <laughs> not just, not a fracture, but full on two fucking snaps of my bones in my yeah. left ankle. And I'll be honest, that's, it's put me back probably about a year. So I don't see myself as properly functioning till probably next April, but I'm doing the best I can do. I'm sure you function well enough for uh, better than most of us. (laughs) And and on this closing note, who knew that there was a fetish for casts and tensor bandages? Right. You see, (laughs) I had no idea. had no idea. Could you send me a picture of that? Can you do this? And I'm like, what? I missed wow. out on this all this time. <laughs> I know. What happened to just writing your name on it? <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, no, they, they want they want pictures of this leg. You have lipsticks. Put, you just kiss it so I got the lipstick print there. So, I mean, there's lots of pretty colors out there, too, for tensor bandages and vet <laughs> wrap and all these other different things that you can put on them. And here's me sitting in, on the couch for six weeks with my leg up going, <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> Darling, thank you very much for, for coming back after so long and, and being like we never parted and talked every day. You're, you're wonderful. Absolutely, darling. Let me know if there's anything else we want to talk about. Let's yes, we'll keep, we'll, definitely. I might be yanking you on to mine when I'm coming live in the next few months. 
Is that, yeah, definitely. And then, and we'll, yeah. we'll do. We know you're there, and we're always telling people about you. You take care of yourself, right? And if you right, need well, anything you. else, if you need, I don't know what you'd need, but you know where we are. We're just shits and giggles. Hey. Yeah. yeah. All right, darling. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take Have care. Have a beautiful evening. Okay, you too, dear. Bye. Bye. Huh? Huh? Did I tell you this was, uh, did I tell you? velvetsteel.com not just you know we're not just talking pornography we're talking political political we're talking activism we're talking news uh, we're talking products and anything Um, she's a one woman department store as I said and we love her Uh, go buy my books too while you're at it Uh, and we'll talk to you next week Ian Abramson will be here And that's going to be a lot of fun and joking and whatever else goes on. Who knows, right? Good night, Mrs. Ernstwire, wherever you may be located. And I might say we've been yelling for Catherine and we found her. So thank you uh, for anybody who passed that on. And we'll take care of business. Uh, My name is Frank Cotolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. This Cotolo Chronicles, like the old days, going out in two hours. Okay, that's because we talked and I talked and we talked. And right now, I have nothing more to say.